Whether or not you like King of Staten Island might come down to one important question. How much do you like Pete Davidson? But if you don't like Pete Davidson, don't turn this off right away because maybe, just maybe, there's a chance he might surprise you in this one. This is a review of King of Staten Island. So King of Staten Island is the latest from Judd Apatow. It's written by Judd Apatow, Pete Davidson, and Dave Sirus. I had a good time. It was an enjoyable flick for me. I... I would say going in, uh, much like many people who might be coming into this thing wondering whether or not uh, they're going to like it, uh, I'm not a huge fan of Pete Davidson. I don't have a problem with him. I, I don't, you know, think that there's anything wrong with him per se. It just, for whatever reason, he never quite hit me the same way as other actors have. He's a bit un unconventional, but that doesn't necessarily mean anything because unconventional actors have been great before. I mean, just in this movie alone, Steve Buscemi is a great unconventional actor who's done amazing work throughout his entire career. But every once in a while, these movies come along where it's a star, a lot of times in comedy like this, where you either love the person, you hate the person, and if you really don't like the person, then the movie just isn't probably ever going to work. And if you love the person, then you're going to love the movie. And that's about as simple of a parallel as you can make between these two points. Pete Davidson plays Scott Carlin, who is basically a shithead in Staten Island. And his, much like the real Pete Davidson, his father, a firefighter, died. He lost his father when he was really young. I mean, he remembers him, but he doesn't really remember him the same. Uh, his younger sister, Claire, doesn't remember him at all and the two of them are now adults and Claire specifically is just about to go off to college uh, and Scott is a couple years older than her but his troubles and the, the the nonsense that he gets into is a constant stress on the family in particular the mother Marissa Tomei. So so much of the early part of this movie is about making sure that Scott doesn't cause some sort of trouble or being very aware of Scott's problems and being cognizant of the fact that he's going to act and behave a little bit differently than everybody else, and this is something that the rest of the family has sort of just grown to be accustomed to. And he's got these shithead friends, uh, Ricky Velez, Lou Wilson, and Moises Arias, uh, play Oscar, Richie, and Igor, uh, respectfully. And there's also Kelsey, who is played by Belle Powley who you can tell from early on has a thing going on for Scott, and then uh, you realize that they've been hooking up, and uh, Scott is playing this line of, like, I, I don't really want to be in a serious relationship because I have problems and I don't want to put it on you. Uh, it sounds a lot like an excuse, and, and in parts it probably is. But to be honest, the early parts of this movie where it's Scott and his friends and sort of, like, obviously interactions with the rest of his family. This is the part of the movie that I found the most fun. I And I think it's because it kind of reminds me of shithead friends that I knew growing up. Like when I was at this age and I had a lot of friends who were just like constantly like selling drugs out of a basement and shit like that. They were able to do a really good job of being able to sort of create this place like where you recognize sort of what Staten Island is and for those of you who don't live in New York or don't know like what it's like in New York here's like a basic uh idea Manhattan is the city when people talk about going into the city it's Manhattan uh and then the other boroughs that surround Manhattan all have their their different 
points. Uh, you know, if you want to go to a Yankee game, you're going up to the Bronx. Uh, there's tons of new hip stuff going on in Brooklyn and Queens. Uh, and then if you think about the outer areas a little bit more, it becomes a little bit more suburban. So if you think about, you know, Long Island is sort of like a suburb for New York City. And if you go up a little bit, uh, to you know, towards like Scarborough or New York or New Rock or something like that, then you're going to sort of see more of like a suburban thing going on on the north side. And then obviously a lot of people who live in New York might also live in like Connecticut because it's not that far away or Jersey because it's not that far away. Staten Island, on the other hand, is, while one of the five boroughs of New York, the least respected of all these boroughs, it's very much sort of like a working-class suburban part of New York City. It's almost like the borough that the gentrification of New York forgot when it was <laughs> opening itself up for business. So the idea of Staten Island to somebody who has no idea what it is, is sort of think about like your major city, like whatever the closest city to you is. And then sort of think of, like, what is the suburban area that is kind of the wrong side of the tracks? And that's sort of what Staten Island would be to whatever major city is kind of near you. For me personally, from Baltimore, I sort of think of Staten Island as like a Dundalk, Essex, Bowley's Quarters kind of area. But, you know, your 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 movement might vary on that. And then something sort of changes in this movie. It, it goes through defined stages i feel like so the first stage is sort of setting up our world and setting up our characters and you get to meet scott and you meet to get to meet his friends and his family and everything like that and we know that uh maude apatow claire his sister is about to go off to college and that sort of breaks between like the first third of the movie and the rest of it to follow uh after that happens uh scott and his friends are sort of hanging out by the beach and they see this kid who's just sort of wandering around and Scott who's trying to become a tattoo artist needs to practice his tattoos none of his friends want any more of his shitty tattoos so this kid who's young nine something like that walks in uh they they all talk him up into getting a tattoo Scott starts to uh tattoo him and it does not work out he goes running away screaming uh later the kid's father comes up to yell about trying to tattoo his son. Uh, and that is where Marissa Tomei, Scott's mom, uh, meets Bill Burr, who plays Ray. And it's the beginning of this connection. So uh, up until this point, uh, Marissa Tomei has been a widow. And this is the first guy that's sort of come along. And with him comes new rules and trying to straighten up Scott and make him more of a productive member of society. So as part of this, uh, Ray orders Scott to start walking his kids to school. He would drive them to school, but uh, he is constantly high, so it would not make sense for him to get behind the wheel of the car. So he walks his kids to school and basically becomes sort of the father that Ray wasn't to his kids, which is something that Pete Davidson can kind of fit in because he grew up without a father too. So he gets to sort of like fill in the spaces of like caring for these kids uh, in the ages that uh, Scott was without his father. And then finally towards the end of the, you know, for the last little bit of the movie, uh, it becomes about Ray, who was a firefighter who worked in the same firehouse with Scott's father. 
uh, to sort of introduce the firehouse life to Scott. And he becomes more interested in being a part of that community as well. I'm not spo- I- I'm trying not to spoil anything. All of this is in the trailer, so I, I don't imagine that you'd be super surprised if all of a sudden the firehouse becomes a part. There were times where I was watching this where I was saying to myself, it's just not, like, I kind of wish we would have just stuck with one movie, or at the very least, two of these elements, and figured out a way to sort of cut the third out, because it almost feels like we're watching a miniseries that doesn't have episode ends, it just sort of goes one into the other. It's like a three-part miniseries events rather than a movie, just because the story, the, the parts of the story just jump so quickly to the next part. What this movie really does well, and what I really enjoy about it, is that it has it's just filled to the gills with a lot of awesome, great talent. And people who aren't necessarily thought of as, like, name stars or anything like that, but people who are always delivering. Uh, Kevin Kurrigan, for instance, is in this movie for just a very short period of time, but he's one of those great actors that I really love watching, because he's just so unique and different and talented all at the same time. Pete Davidson is obviously like a way bigger star because, you know, he's starring in this movie and Kevin Kurrigan, nobody knows his name except for me, but it's a, a when you get to to fill in these great those guys in the movie, you're you're just setting yourself up for success. And Bill Burr is great in this, Pam Adlon is great in this, Steve Buscemi, Dominic Lombardozzi. It's just filled with a whole bunch of great, super talented people who aren't necessarily, like, the biggest names in the industry, but you definitely recognize them from things because they work all the time and they're in everything. And I'll say, as far as the nuts and bolts of making this movie, I mean, everything is really great. You know, the whole crew did exactly the job they needed to do. Uh, Everything felt very natural. It felt very much like you are the fifth member of the friend group who or sixth member of the friend group who's just sitting there watching everything happen which is the best case version of how this movie works my problem i guess with it is that uh even though things happen in the script it's kind of in the vein of like a mumblecore movie where nothing really happens at the same time so if you're expecting to watch this movie and sort of get like this like grand hero's journey it's not it, it's sort of like the the thing that set up Scott to have a more productive life in the future, but it's not him going from shithead to super productive life. It's it's just a a moment in time, a snapshot of when things started to like turn for him. Which brings us back to Pete Davidson because he is the star of this movie. He's in basically every frame of this movie. He's expected to carry this thing, and going in, I wouldn't have necessarily said to myself, I have to go see the Pete Davidson movie. And again, it's not like I dislike him. It's just that, for whatever reason, it just didn't... It never hit for me. It never it never felt like, you know, like, oh, I can't wait to see everything this Pete Davidson guy does. He, he's fine, but it, it, it just didn't... He, he's not my favorite. That being said, I think he does a really great job in this movie, and he's he has a very natural way about his performance. He is very natural at being that kind of off-the-beaten-track kind of guy that you know in your own life. Uh, I, I I could recognize him very easily as some people that I've known growing up. 
And to be honest, there's so many movies about, like, you know, good-looking, stra- you know, like, guys who take over the world and stuff like that, or, like, do some incredible thing. Like, you can watch Wolf of Wall Street if you want to see, like, a good-looking guy do well. But there's not a whole ton of movies about, like, your shithead friends who are, you know, turning things around. And, you know, like, I, I think Pete fits this role nicely. It's just, like, how much do you like Pete Davidson? So if you ask me to, like, kind of, like, rate it beforehand, I would probably put Pete at, like, a five or a six in terms of, like, how excited am I to see a movie with him in it. Uh, but afterwards, it, it, it dialed up a little bit. I, I, I respect it more. I, I still don't think that... I would go see anything that he does carte blanche. I would still want to be sort of like told it's worth seeing to some extent. But I, I think it's it's a very fun movie and a nice coming out party for him. And I, I think that if you're on the line with whether or not you enjoy Pete Davidson, then give it a shot because I think there's a better likelihood that you might walk out of it going like, oh, that's that's not bad, and I kind of like Pete Davidson more. If you are the type of person who's just like, I fucking hate Pete Davidson, I don't want to see him in anything, his face annoys me, blah, 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 don't see the movie. It's just not going to work for you. Maybe you still end up respecting him a little bit more than you did before, but at the end, like, how much... I, my my the, the five to six before jumped to, like, six or seven now, or maybe, you know, like, that sort of area. So, like, you know, if you would rate your, your affection of Pete Davidson at, like, a one then chances are walking out of this movie you ain't going to be much higher than, like, a two. So why would you spend all your time watching a movie of somebody you really don't like like that? On the opposite side of the scale, if you love Pete Davidson, then go see this movie, because you're really going to enjoy this movie, because it's, it's very it's very of the of the ore of Pete. So if you're a big fan, then, yeah, I, you've probably already seen it, and you don't give a shit about my review, but go see it, because it's really good. It's It's enjoyable. Sorry it took so long for the leaderboard to get here. It was taking the Staten Island Ferry. It's leaderboard time. When you think about it from a leaderboard perspective here, and especially, like, sort of the line between, like, the when do I call something like a Fast and the Furious leaderboard. By the way, if for anybody who's new, uh, the leaderboard is my ranking of all the movies I've seen since I started doing these reviews. I had to do a Fast and the Furious leaderboard for, like, ridiculous movies that don't stack up against, like, Roma and shit like that. Things that are that are completely off the beaten path. Uh, and are fun, but not necessarily like well-constructed movies for whatever reason or another. I don't necessarily, I, I, I don't think it's it's fair to necessarily say that this movie is, is like other things that are in the Fast and the Furious list, so I'm going to keep it here, but I will say, just generally speaking, you know, this isn't meant to be high art, it's not meant to be like an Academy Award winner or anything like that, so, you know, have your expectations grounded when you go in, just know that my rating here is is more just sort of placing it in terms of like how it ranks against other things and not necessarily one's enjoyment of it. I would say that my personal enjoyment of this movie was probably like a seven, two, seven, three, something like that. So I mean like it's a fun, perfectly normal time watching a movie. It's nothing like super special, but I mean like you you will enjoy yourself. But if you're asking me for what the actual rating is, like what how I think this thing stacks up against the competition, I would give the King of Staten Island a 6-8. You know, again, it's fun. I, I, I kind of just would have enjoyed this movie a little bit more, I think, if it was more about, like, 
getting him from one place to the other, or if it was more about one thing or two things rather than, like, multiple things. I feel like it just gets a little weighted down in it all. But, you know, by the time the credits roll at the end, I was having a good time, and I was glad that I watched it. I don't know if it's the type of thing, like, I'm going to go buy the DVD or I'm going to go watch it all the time, but I'm glad that I saw it, and, you know, it was... Me and Rachel and Robin and Roxy, and, you know, it's a movie for us all to watch together. Everyone seemed to want to get into it, so it it's well worth it. If you guys are looking for something to do, you're looking for a new movie, something different, it's certainly worth checking out. Uh, I would say that the, the best case scenario, though, for this movie, for most people, is probably going to be watching it at home on Netflix or Amazon or wherever it eventually finds itself, like on some sort of streaming platform, rather than paying the $20 to sort of do a video on demand in your house. So that's it, but I'd be excited to hear about everyone else's thoughts. Did you love this movie? Did you hate this movie? Do you love Pete Davidson, but you hate this movie? Do you hate Pete Davidson, but you love this movie? You're throwing my whole my whole thing out of whack? I'd love to know. Tell me in the comments below. Other than that, go check out some of the more recent videos that I've done. I just did a review on The Five Bloods, which I really enjoyed and has made my leaderboard list, so go sure, be sure to check that out. And subscribe if you want to see other things in the future but i really appreciate you stopping by i'll see you on the next one